I'm Katherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. The Uncertain podcast deals with difficult subjects related to the church. One of those subjects is racism. On March 16, 2021, eight people were shot outside of Atlanta. Six of those people were of Asian descent. My friend Patty Hahn lives and works in Atlanta and bravely addressed her church, Atlanta Westside, the Sunday following the shootings. On this episode, I'll play Patty's address, then I'll follow it up with an interview that took place about a week later. Patty's words speak for themselves. Here's Patty Hahn. Things will look a little different for all of us. There's no Betty, there's no Tomo, there's no Cupcake. After the shootings on Tuesday night, I knew um, that I couldn't come up here and do a buddy skit. I'm grateful that the leadership welcomed a space for me to share about this past week. And kids watching at home and kids in this room, things I say will be strange to you. And a lot of the things I say might be new to you. Parents, I, um, if some of these topics will be adult topics. So if you'd like to have your kids leave the room or even here be in one of the Sunday school rooms, please do so now. I'm sorry I didn't give you advanced warning on that. I literally finished writing this like over there right this morning. Um, but I would like to encourage parents to stay and to have tough conversations with your children because they need to come from you and not the news. I might cry. Uh, today, I ask all of you to not see me as a CM director or staff, but as a minority female and member of your church that is hurting, that is sad, that's really angry and confused over what's happening to the Asian American Pacific Islanders community. My goal is to give you insight on how the shooting, shootings have affected me, my friends, and my family. Thank you specifically to John and Tanya Beeler, who scheduled a prayer time and have reached out to me. And thank you for the church leaders for allowing this time. I do love this church, and I'm proud of this church for allowing conversations to happen that are hard and uncomfortable. I'd like to start this time by remembering the victims who lost their lives. In hope of honoring them and giving you insight to what you might never hear on TV, I'm going to share a story about a Korean woman who once worked at one of the spas. My friend in Brooklyn posted this story on March 17th. A close friend of mine, a fellow Korean American with immigrant parents, had a father who abused her mother. I remember that they didn't speak English, but her mother was always so sweet and treated me to free gifts from their shop. Later, her father left the family, leaving her mother desperate to find work. With not a lot of options and two children to support, she later found work and moved to Atlanta. Tragically, she ended up getting trafficked and working against her will at a massage parlor. There were other women kidnapped and trafficked that worked with her, conditions too painful to describe in this post. Years later, and after many hardships, my friend was later able to buy her mother back and bring her home. Today, I found out that her mother knew the six women murdered during yesterday's shooting because she worked at the very same spa in Atlanta. These women were already suffering prior to being murdered. And while their death is representing a larger debate 
and outcry against Asian racial injustice, I can't help but feel so much sorrow for their personal stories and to, remind, to be reminded that there's so much more beyond the news post. The injustice began much sooner. To the six women, rest in peace. There is so much sorrow. What this woman's story has in common with Tan Jung Kim, a single mom of two boys who was shot on Tuesday, is that they would do anything for their children. That is the common immigrant thread. Work hard to give the kids the best life. My parents were the same way. And now Asian parents and grandparents are being attacked for basically being alive and for breathing. 3,795 hate crimes reported in 11 months. China virus and Kung Flu virus being yelled, out elder, yelled at at elderly victims as they're being spit on, punched, and set on fire. When I watch those videos, it's like watching it happen to my family. The very first thought I had when I saw the news on Wednesday morning was, oh my God, gosh, is my mom going to be safe coming here to visit me for the first time? I called both my parents to tell them to please be careful wherever they go. Be careful just simply existing. If you didn't have to call your mom or dad this week to beg them to be careful going anywhere after a year of not going anywhere, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad you didn't have to do that. But please recognize that that is a form of white privilege. And if I may be completely honest, my fear is that there are people who are okay with the terms Kung Fu virus or China virus in this congregation. My fear is that maybe some of you think it's okay to dismiss and dehumanize a set, of, a set group of people in ways like this. Maybe it's hard for some of you to connect the dots of how words matter and can break more than just bones. I don't know. Sorry. I do know that it boggles that my mind that anyone, anyone might think that the shooting was not racially driven just because the shooter said that it wasn't. Why do I believe that it was? He premeditatedly chose to drive to three Asian spas. The first location was 45 minutes away from the other two. The Asian population in Atlanta is 4%. Three stores and six out of eight of the victims were Asian. That's all the facts that I need. He had visited the locations before and knew exactly who he was tar targeting. If this was not only driven by his sex addiction, then he could have picked three other spas or three other strip clubs. There are other reasons, but I don't have time. But let's play devil's advocate. Let's say he wasn't racist and he just had a bad day. Whatever the intent, the impact is that he left eight people dead, six of them Asian women. The impact is that he has shaped how society continues to justify viewing Asian women as sex objects and as a temptation. And his actions convey that we are disposable. I don't know how else to say this, but when I hear his confession from the police, this is what I hear. Patty, you are a temptation to me. And to take care of my own sin and guilt, I'm going to come after you. But if I don't, if you stay alive, 
Don't be a temptress. His impact is disesteeming and dehumanizing Asian women, shaming us and making us his scapegoat. And I'm not comfortable with that. P.S. I'd like the media to stop gaslighting me. It almost worked, even on me. The truth is, I am made in the image of God. A man's lust and sex addiction and fetishes are not my sin issues. So don't put that on me or my sisters for being, for we are created by God, for God, we are daughters of God. My heart mourns that the student didn't grasp the meaning of grace and forgiveness. I worry for our kids who grew up in the church, and I feel even more determined now to let the, help them understand grace. Lastly, this isn't easy for me to share. I really do love all of you and feel loved, but this week I did not feel supported by this community. There are only five people who personally reached out to me. And three out of five of those people are my closest friends in Atlanta. It's already really strange being a minority here. And I feel like I'm still pretty visible here. Um, outside of the elders and staff, I didn't hear from one parent. I can't determine why you didn't personally reach out but I do believe that I might have been in some of your thoughts. I'd like to just maybe recommend um, some solutions or some ideas. The solution is simple when it comes to um, the sex industry. I'm just asking to just stop watching, to stop fantasizing stop paying, and stop going to places. If you have an Asian friend, male or female, um, show love and support. And if not Asian, any minority. Speak up when you see or hear something inappropriate or racist. Help Asian women and elderly feel safe to be out in public and report hate crimes against any race. On Tuesday night, um, I'm sorry, on Wednesday night, I joined the 9 o'clock prayer group. Uh, I was just so desperate to lean into God. And Carter Griffith, an elder here, said, that, said something in our prayer time that was so helpful for me. Uh, Moses, when he was talking for, to Pharaoh, said, um, let my people go so that they can worship me in the desert. I feel like I'm in the desert right now, this past year, and I'm hoping to continue to be able to worship God. It's been really hard, um, but, but, and it feels like it's been a long journey, but I want to hold on to him and continue to worship him with all of you. Thank you. About a week following this address, Patty shared more in a follow-up interview. Here is that conversation. Are you okay if I record this one? And then two, are you okay? I was just going to ask you just some follow-up questions to the talk that you gave to your church following the shootings in Atlanta. 
Sure. Are you okay you with that? Record this current conversation we're having now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if that's okay with you. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I am recording now. So when I I texted you on the day that the shootings happened, and I asked you, "Have you ever felt unsafe before?" And you said, no, never until today. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like the odd woman out, but Mm -hmm. not unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so what changed for you? I think, for sure, I think I've always felt, yes, the odd woman out. um, But the fact that there has been so much violence in the last year and that if there's no rhyme or reason, and it happens in these metro metropolitan cities, the streets of New York, if you don't make it walking in the streets of New York, where do you walk? Where do you feel safe? You know, and so the fact that it's just um, no rhyme or reason doesn't make sense. It could happen blocks from my church, blocks from my home to it felt too close to home. So I feel like I felt like it. And I live in the South now, and um, <laughs> yeah, uh, that plays a part into feeling a little less safe here. I think those are the major different. What I felt is that I've always felt different, and um, I felt my Asianness, but I the violence, the shooting, isn't common for our people. It's right. definitely more common for our. Uh, the black community, but it's not as common for us. And just to reiterate, the violence of the whole year uh, and then the shootings felt just a different turn. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. What is being the, in the South, how has that impacted it? There's less of me. <laughs> right. Coming from, I, coming from a city like Los Angeles, I felt like maybe if this happened to me, I would have a bigger community around me, surrounding me automatically, a crew that would just innately understand and support me versus here, I would have to explain. And it would be more of a, a shock maybe here than it would be t- with my peers of Asian descent who we've lived with this our whole lives to some degree. And ha- having less of that here feels more like I have to be on the teaching side versus a brethren or sister side. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm not saying it's just the South, but it's maybe just the part of town that I live in where I am a minority. Well, you had said in our text message conversation, you said that you relate with the black compu- black community a thousand times more, or they have been living with this a thousand times more. And yes. Was that specifically what you, were, you meant that like teaching, having to be in that teaching, explaining phase yes and that's a part of it and the feeling of feeling and physically unsafe when you say i'm worried about my son taking a walk because someone's going to arrest him or going for a run you know that's not a fear that i felt for my family members ever until now and now i feel that visceral fear of, is someone in my family going to get attacked or hurt because of the color of their skin that's definitely something i personally didn't experience i mean i, I personally experienced racism and and verbal but not like physical and shootings and i do feel like this is they've experienced dozens more than we have even just within the last two years and then yes like we are the victims or not me personally but we as the injured party are the ones who have to be the advocates or the ones who have to talk about it and advise and like we're the one who not me but again the care 
when is it going to be stop being us talking about it and defending us, but our non-people of color doing it for our sake because they finally get it? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No. Like, how many more shootings? How many more arrests, you know, until we're not the ones putting the spotlight on our own selves? Right. Yeah. No, that's a great, that's a great, uh, (laughs) yeah, great thing to move towards. Um, Mm -hmm. What was it like to share with your church the way that you did? An out-of-body experience, (laughs) for sure. Um, I felt I had to do it, not because anyone forced me. Everyone made sure this was voluntary, and it 100% voluntary, but I felt... Did they approach you and ask you to do it? No, it was in a staff meeting well so the two shootings happened tuesday wednesday my boss called me in the evening to make sure he, i as soon as he found out he called me to make sure i was okay and had checked in and then i told him that i couldn't do a puppet show that i do every sunday with the it's a happy time and i i just said i can't do that um and he said that's fine take you know take all the time that you need um so i I think he might have mentioned, like, would you feel comfortable talking about it with the staff? Mm. Not the church, but tomorrow, like the next day in our staff meeting. You don't have to, but if you want to talk about it. I think it went something like that. And I said, sure, I'll think about it. And in the staff meeting, we changed all the plans for Sunday. We realized we couldn't go with the regular scheduled program, which I admire. We pivoted on Thursday for a Sunday service, which is very hard and very rare for churches to do with a guest pastor. Our Mm -hmm. pastor's on statical. So it was so important for our community that we address this and it was asked to the staff because there's two other Asian, there's a Japanese American and a Korean American on our staff. And it was asked by all of us to all of us, if, if we would want to say anything and it was silent for a minute. And I just knew in my heart, like I had to say something. Yeah. I just had to, I'm a woman, I'm Asian and I'm on staff and I'm a member of this community. Shame on me. If I don't speak now, it's either speak now or forever hold my peace. Right. Um, and so I just felt like this, and even then I felt an out of body, like maybe God wants me here for this purpose at this time. I just have to trust him and raise my hand. Yeah. And I did. And then sharing it really was the most frightening thing I've ever done in my life. I didn't sleep the night before. I literally felt like I was in college. I pulled an all-nighter. I think I had four edits of it. Wow. Um, yeah. And Tomo really helped me with my first draft, which helped me with the final draft. Um, and Sunday morning, you should have seen me, like whoever was in stuff. Could you read this for me? Could you read this? <laughs> uh, we're going live at 10. Could you just read this for me? And and then I started to, what? when I walked onto the stage, I started to feel peace. And then the second time after I, I did it the second time, I was able to release all my tears. I think I had held it together. But after I had done it for the day and the work parentheses was over, I, I couldn't control myself. I just weeped. Right. Weeped. Mm-hmm. What yeah. made you so nervous beforehand? I'm not an open person. Um, a, I'm, I don't talk, we don't talk, minor Asians don't talk about these things. We, we hold everything in. We want to be, we don't want to be a menace. We don't want the attention. I don't want the attention. So that made me nervous to be so open and vulnerable personally in front of a group of strangers. We've been in COVID. Nobody knows me. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, not everyone here are, I have, so I was scared, um, 
from a personal point, I was scared from misrepresenting Asians. You know, I don't want everyone to think my experience is what everyone else is experiencing. Who am I? I'm just one person. And I have a very homogenous church. It's a predominantly white church. And I knew I wanted to address the pain and the hurt and the 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 words um china virus and kung flu virus like i those were so damaging to our community and i knew maybe some people in our church might be okay with those words or be okay with donald trump using those words and i wanted to address it's not about donald trump it's about words did so much harm and that was scary to me because i i don't want to be political but then how can you not be supportive? Yeah. <laughs> my, point. my point wasn't be a hater of Donald Trump. My point was just recognize that words are really damaging. And those Absolutely. two phrases have caused so much violence. And then to say, like, again, just tell the community that I felt uncared for was wow, yeah, the most scariest thing. I mean, I thought saying the words white privilege, I thought that was the scariest thing that ever came out of my mouth as an adult 45 year old, but no, yeah. <laughs> the scarier part was telling the community that I, um, that I felt uncared for and hurt. Yeah. yeah. What was mm-hmm. the response from the church afterwards? Oh, just overwhelming love and support and instant. I mean, before I even sat down, my phone had messages and, emails and apologies and lamenting and we love you and can we meet up and um don't no need to respond and just care flowers at my desk um community groups caring for me a mom buying me flowers and just an overwhelming sense of we're sorry can you help us do better thank you for your courage thank you for calling us out things like that so wow it was a very positive and affirming response it totally took me by surprise. I mean, Catherine, I did not, I did not think it was going to have this big of a reach. I really just thought it was going to hit maybe 200 people who are listening to us on Sunday. Right. But, um, a lot of people have heard it in the outpouring. It's a little overwhelming. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm super overwhelmed I by bet. it, but yeah. in the best way. yeah, I'm like, Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. And has yeah. it continued? Cause it's been like two weeks. Yeah, you know, it continued up till now because after it hit Atlanta, this our church, it hit the West Coast. And then so the well, let me back up a little bit. When the shootings happened, so many people from my previous life before Atlanta had started reaching out. People from PCC, people from my past, people who were just friends with me, they were texting me for four days straight from the shooting, you know, until I spoke to the church. And I think that's what made me realize, where is my current church? Right. It's like, gosh, how come so many other people who are in my past who aren't even with me now caring for me? And so that's kind of what made it hurt more that the place I am now didn't. And then, so going back to what I was saying, um, then it went to the West Coast, and then my friends on the West Coast started sharing it. So then I got another, you know, flow of, emails and care and so it was twofold (laughs) right yeah yeah and it's online so people can listen to it whoever wherever they are and so I think people are continue to share it which I think is wonderful again not anything I expected but it keeps getting shared and I keep receiving a lot of support um 
Twitch yeah. Tonight. Well, yeah. I guess, I mean, I guess we had chatted over this over um, text, but I'm hope I'm planning to share just the clip of you speaking before, sure. before this interview um, sure. on there. So then more, more folks will hear it. Cause I just thought you sure. were, you just did a fantastic job Thank of, you. of making it real. You uh, got, you just made it so real. <laughs> yeah. But I also want to acknowledge Jenna and how she, before, you know, in her introduction, how she stood up for me and how she called out the church in a different, not just church, but just the big church, not our church. But she did, she was, I think, more courageous and brave than I was. And then the elder who followed up in the prayer, his prayer was so brave. And, and so who were these people? I'm sorry. Was, yeah, which one? You need to listen to them. Jenna, Jenna is the director of, um, discipleship at our church I think that's her title and did you hear it at all Catherine um I I heard someone like do something right after you yeah and that that was was, yeah that's our an elder named Carter Griffith and he prayed and his prayer was bold and raw and just so so great and then Jenna before me did the introductions and also mentioned the shootings and was very brave and vocal in what she shared as well all right i I would say that yeah yeah she probably i want to say she being yeah listen to what she said and you might feel like she was even more brave and courageous than i was all right i'll go back and i'll I'll listen to that um what is something that you hope for the church big c church the big c church yes I hope that the Big C Church learns how to deal with trauma. Mm-hmm. I hope that we learn how to like not be afraid to offend each other. Like if we if we turn towards each other in love and with the best intentions, that's better than ignorant. That's better than ignoring each other. That's better than assuming someone's taking care of it or someone's right. taking care of them. I hope the Big Church learns how to be less like busy and looking at ourselves, but really looking at our neighbors. And not needing things to be spelled out. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so much brokenness in the world. And Christ just went towards people. And he didn't need to explain himself or explain the situation. He just went towards people in and, and pain and who are hurting. And I hope the big church can do a, a, a job of turning towards each other and not worry about the fear and the offensiveness and the politics of it. Like... If you go with the best of intentions, I think the receiver should receive that and the giver should always move towards people who are hurting. And I do hope that the big church recognizes like race isn't just white people and black people. I mean, all, so we, all many. we all deal with it. It's, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I'm not innocent of it. None of us, even the minorities, we're not innocent of, none of us can say we're not racist. Right. (laughs) We all, I acknowledge that I am too. We just all have to acknowledge that we are all racist to some degree and have raw, open conversations of how I judge someone for how they dress or where they're from. I'm guilty of it too. And so I'd like the big church to have more open, safe, raw, vulnerable conversations of how tough it is, that we all are sinful of it and that it can it can get better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we are... can't avoid it. We just can't keep avoiding it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I am just so grateful for your uh, courage in speaking about it because I do know um, 
like like you were mentioning, just like that fear of like saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing uh, keeps people paralyzed. And, yeah. and you taking the step of like starting the conversation, um, you shouldn't have to do that. But right. the fact that you have done that, I think opens that door for people. So thank you for being sure. willing to do that. Yeah. How are you caring for yourself just in the aftermath of the shootings? I mean, so what I, the, the God's timing is interesting. I mean, um, that happened and then I have a personal uh, trip, you know, like I had this hard goodbye with a friend that was also very emotional. And then we have for our churches, the busiest time of the year, Easter. <laughs> right. And then, so it's just like, I don't have the time to sit and really think and ponder. I don't even have the time to write back to all of these people's people individually. I right. just have to say, and my mom is coming for a week for nine days. Yes. And, you know, there's just the timing of it. I don't have time, but really after my mom leaves, I think I'm going to get to sit and just realize that was a whirlwind. What mm. just happened mm-hmm. and really, really think about how far this has reached and yeah, I don't, I cannot say that I'm doing self-care right now because, but I do worry that I haven't dealt with the trauma of it myself and the aftermath of being vulnerable to somebody, so many right. people, right. and all of a sudden being so known, I think that I might have to take some time off. Absolutely. Care. I hope that you yeah. can. I hope that mm-hmm. you can. I hope yeah. your church. I hope your church just gifts you like a week off. That's that's my hope for you. Yes, my that's boss it. is is all for that. He's very concerned. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna. Okay, good. You know, pass out. So don't worry. Good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there anything else that you uh, want to say that you wish someone would ask you, or that you want people to know? I want to say that you are a very good interviewer. <laughs> And that you ask excellent questions. Oh, you're so sweet. You're very good at this. I want to acknowledge you. You're really good at this. You're going to make me cry. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are some excellent, excellent questions that you've asked, especially the last one. Um, I want to say our church is really great. You know, I want to encourage everyone, like, we're all learning together. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't have the solution. You don't have the solution. Oprah doesn't have the solution. <laughs> this has been a problem in our country since the beginning of U.S. T- from history. I was thinking yes. about like yeah. I was thinking about it from like from the Native Americans today to oh, slavery so right. yeah. to mm-hmm. the Spani- Spaniards who came over. This is and being in I remember today I was in Texas history at Corpus Texas and I just remember thinking like man U.S. has a tough history. <laughs> like, yes. I don't know yes. the South and the war and against the North and South and make America like, great again. Like what? Like what? Yeah. Where are you wanting to go with that? <laughs> right. But what I find so hard as I'm, I, I'm, I'm quitting, but as I was trying to read the Bible in 90 days and going through the old Testament since the beginning of time, since the beginning of man, I feel like with this, even the Israelites, we have been at war. Mm-hmm. Like the Old Testament is one big, gigantic war. <laughs> it is. It and is. It, it's really daunting and, and exhausting to read. At the same time, it's very comforting that, like, even under God's authority and sovereignty without before Christ, it seems to be like this is just the state of man. Yes. Just racism, incest, sin. It's 
just been there from the beginning. And yes. as much as I think this is the worst time it's ever been, actually, it's not. Right. <laughs> right. Like, Aiken had it a lot worse than we did. Like, women back then had it. So I, I find that comforting, but also um, interesting to see. History has been tough from the very beginning. I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but. Yeah, but yeah, you're right that it is. It's just a constant growing and we're, we're we all are in it together. So we need to acknowledge that we're in it together and yeah and and act like it <laughs> yeah well do you have any ideas yet have you come up with any title ideas um yeah i yeah i was just thinking like addressing the church on aapi hate or something like that because it is i mean it's very like church-centered um but then... you know Catherine, i i i guarantee you before aapi we said those words people didn't even know what that meant yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that's uh that's progress. Yeah, that's progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let me know what title you come up with. Yeah, I'll run it by you beforehand. Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, definitely open to continuing the conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I really wanted to do it like right after, but then I, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's probably good that it's coming like two weeks later, just because, um, the conversation needs to keep going. It doesn't need to just be yes. something that, oh, there was a shooting and now everyone's talking about it and then, oh, everything dies and no one talks about it yes. anymore. Like it needs to be something that's ongoing. Um, yes. and we need to have a reason to be reminded about it. So yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if you think of anything else that um, you want to say or add or anything, definitely let me know. I will. Yeah, you have a big weekend this weekend. Thanks, Catherine. (laughs) Yeah, take care of yourself, Patty. Um, I will will stay in touch, obviously. We'll stay in touch. (laughs) Have have fun at therapy. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. bye. As I said in the interview, I wanted to share this closer to the time of the shootings, but I'm grateful the episode went out weeks later. Racism isn't something we should only be discussing following a tragic event. This is a conversation that should always be in front of us. I'm grateful to Patty for her part in keeping that conversation going. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uncertain is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider making a donation by visiting tearsofeden.org support. All donations are tax deductible. Intro music featured in this episode is from the band Green Ashes. Before you go, please take a moment to like, subscribe, or leave a review, and don't forget to share this podcast show with everyone you know. I'm Katherine Spearing, and I'll see you next time. Yes.